Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm talking to you from Stoke City. It's rained all the way from Manchester on my journey south. There are red flood alerts all around Lancashire. Lots of games have been postponed, but Stoke against United is on. I think the it's a blustery, miserable day, as it always seems to be when United play at Stoke, but um, the game is in no danger. I'm sure the wind will be swirling through the corner stands, as it always does. Baffles me how Stoke have not filled in the space between the, the, the main stand and behind the goal, because their average crowd is 27,000. The stadium holds 27,000. It's clearly demand for more tickets. It's not that expensive to do it, and it'd stop the corner flags blowing one way when the wind is blowing the other, which is what I saw last time. I remember uh, several Christmas games from Stoke. Probably the most memorable was I flew back from Japan in 2009, 2008, jet-lagged, after Manchester United had just been crowned world champions. Um, six years on... The situation is very different. Seven years on, gosh. Manchester United are far from world champions. The fifth in the Premier League, been eliminated from the Champions League at the group stage, and the spectra of Louis van Gaal's future has dominated the back pages throughout the UK and possibly Holland. And I'm going to find that out because I'm with Gert, who is a Dutch journalist, and he is living in Manchester now. He follows United closely. Um, mainly because of Mr Van Hall and he did a book on Van Hall's first season at Manchester United uh, welcome back to United We Stand podcast Gert um, what, what are people in Holland saying about the situation with Van Hall because when I've been to Holland and spoken to Dutch people 90% of them are always very supportive of Van Hall and almost quite proud that their compatriot is managing Manchester United and even off the record I've, I've, I went to Eindhoven to speak to Koku and uh, the directors of the club and when the tape recording stops they were still positive about him even one guy who said look I don't like him at all but he's an exceptionally good coach if you speak to people now in Manchester United fans they probably doubt that quite a lot given, given the form what's, what's the Dutch view? Um, I would say um, I don't even go I wasn't perceived very well for a very very long period of time from the time he started working at AX he did very well first of all it was the Rotterdam crowd because final at AX he was beating them all the time and and he was quite arrogant quite cocky and um, in Rotterdam people disliked him because of that but there was a lot of, there was lots of respect in the rest of the country because he basically turned a fairly mediocre team into world champions just like Man United in 99 under Ferguson it was brilliant to watch and people really respected him and he took over the Dutch national team in 2002 or actually he missed the world championships he lost to Ireland at Lansdowne Road and then things started to change um, people started to look more at his rants during press conferences uh, the way he, he acted um, on the touchline instead of focusing on what he actually achieved which was still quite impressive uh, he did it after Barcelona he went to AZ for example and he did really well it was, it's, 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 it's a provincial side you can, like Stoke and he turned them into champions so there always has been respect but people still uh, also look at his his more negative side uh, probably, probably how they did in Spain as well uh, 
a, a dictator of Fengal, the one, a, a, the one with the whip, the one who lashes out the media, and that's basically uh, what they were waiting for in the Netherlands for a very long time. When will he burst? And will he finally show his true colours? And, and to be honest, people have been very, very surprised how calm he has been. Yes, there have been a few funny incidents, but funny in a in a good way. Like when he sang. Um, sang along with the fans Louis van Gaal's Red and White Army people love that in the Netherlands as well they were actually surprised how well he was perceived and how so to come back to you to your question how is he perceived I think quite well and like like you mentioned um, in the media he still has quite a few enemies there's still people who have not forgotten that they were put on his blacklist over the years and his blacklist was, was long. There were quite a few names on there and they are coming out of the woodwork now and they are writing the stories now on Louis van Gaal saying that you see um, what comes around goes around, what goes around comes around and um, he finally gets what he deserves. But that is the media. I don't think that the people in general believe that and uh, accept that. They appreciate him and are, and are proud of him. As you say, he's been remarkably relaxed during his time at United. I think press conference just before Christmas was the first time that he showed the spikiness that I'd seen at Barcelona many years ago that he became famous for in, in Holland. And He has a, a, a journalist blacklist. Sir Alex Ferguson was exactly the same. He just point-blank refused to anyone who he felt slighted by. Um, so it's not unique to, to Van Gaal. Um, what, what did you think when you saw him do the press conference a couple of days before Christmas and to be honest um, quite calm and collected uh, but the media tuning into a rant but he, it, it was obviously rehearsed you could tell that he wanted to deflect attention and he wanted to show that I still want to fight and I think the fans picked up on that as well and they sort of finally finally the manager is willing to give it a go now the players maybe he should have done this a bit earlier earlier on in the season so uh, that's why I look at it and well in the Netherlands to be honest I just they focus on the Daily Mail so, so when the Daily Mail all of a sudden brings the headline uh, uh, Louis van Gaal's rent then, uh, then that's how they start but earlier in the week I was phoned, phoned up by, by National Radio and they asked me the same question I said did you actually watch it? I said no so well if you had you would have seen that it was calm and collected and Sir Alex Ferguson in his heyday he would have he probably would have done it differently with a bit more spike and more spice. He, he, he didn't storm out exactly he got up abruptly and, yeah. he, and he left but he didn't storm out but this is a use of, of tabloid language and mm. this use of such language gets the most hits because if there's a headline saying Van Gaal leaves press conference abruptly it's nowhere near as dramatic when exactly. it's splashed across the back page and the journalists do that because people want that they demand that you know, so I've seen people blaming journalists this week mm -hmm. clickbait and those type of stories do far better sadly than more 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 reasoned um, stories but if, if as you say he was he planned what he was going to say and he was calculating what he was going to say and certainly the the fans they changed their mood towards him some of them did because we uh, did a poll on United We Stand a few days before and 85% wanted Mr Van Hart to leave and then after that there were people saying 
Oh, he's showing some good fight here. Are fans that easily manipulated by four and a half minutes? Or was it the, his last throw to dice to say, look, this isn't fair? And some of the stuff was not fair at all. Mm-hmm. Some of the coverage. The night before, people were saying there's going to be an announcement at 7.30 from the club. It was absolute bollocks. Mm-hmm. And grown men are perpetuating stuff like this, mm-hmm. saying this is true, this is going to happen. I've heard this, I've heard that. Complete and utter bollocks. His job was not on the line that night. Um, however... He's got to get results. He can, he can, in his next press conference, he can dance on the table and do whatever he wants. He can sing the Dutch national anthem or hymn it. Um, but if the team are not winning, everything else is secondary. Mm-hmm. And the team are not winning. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm here as well. Because I do believe that if he doesn't win this one, it might be his last game in charge. I would be surprised if he'd still be on the bench for the Chelsea match. And uh, well, that's what people in, in the Netherlands are also seeing. Why is he not? Why is it not working? And they're also wondering, like, because he used to be this magician. You just need to give him time. You just let him do his thing. Let him be as angry as possible. But after a couple of months, it will come right, and your team will be champions with Louis van Gaal in charge. And it doesn't seem to work for some reason. So everybody's been saying, give him six weeks, give him three months, give him one year, wait till his second season, and. 71 games in now it's not really happening I hope it does I'd love him to turn it round completely and, and win and become a great manager of, of Manchester United and I'm naturally optimistic and, and supportive and I don't like to see anybody lose, lose the job in any field but it's just not been anywhere near good enough so mm-hmm. there's been some meetings this week let's hope that we see a new Manchester United I think Stoke away is a very difficult game to come to um, we're about to go up into the stand now to find that out so we'll rejoin the podcast um, after the game after the two and a half thousand United fans who've travelled and it would have been more if some United fans had not acted up in previous seasons but Stoke's licensing committee reduced the allocation slightly um, fingers crossed that, that United get a decent win we'll be joining you after the game thanks for your time you're welcome well, United didn't get a decent win. Another defeat, the fourth defeat on the bounce. And here's Mark Hughes, the, the Stoke manager. Yeah, I think so. I think um, certainly by the manner of the first half, I thought we were excellent. And we talked about obviously being on the front foot and having intensity to our play. Um, I thought we uh, produced a similar performance in that first half period that we showed against Man City. Obviously a high quality team as well, so um, we're delighted that we've been able to do it again. It's um, it's a feather in our cap every time we go against the, the elite teams in this league. Then uh, you've got to be brave, you've got to be uh, confident that you can go toe to toe, and I think we showed that once again. Um, and hopefully we could, we'll continue to do that for for the rest of the season. It's important that at the moment I think we're we're eighth before all the results come in. Um, top ten position is is one that we want, and then. Uh, and uh, remain in for the rest of the, the season we'll be delighted Do you get boost when you, when you see a team sheet without Wayne Rooney on it? Obviously it's a skipper at moment. Oh, I'm sure there's reasons why Wayne didn't start the game I'm not privy to that and you guys aren't either to be perfectly honest um, there's a lot of thinking that goes into which team you pick as a manager and uh, you go with what you think will win the game uh, It's a tough period over the Christmas period uh, 
we've got a really tough fixture against Everton. I think United have got Chelsea, so um, you've got to work with your resources. So maybe that's that's the reason it didn't start the game. From our point of view, yeah, this team without Wayne Rooney is is a team that maybe you know, it's not quite strong, but maybe he, he wasn't fit enough to start. People will say that uh, United were poor, but uh, would you say that you made them look poor? I think certainly in the first half, I thought we, we were excellent. Uh, we'd taken uh, a very good team to, to stay with us, in, in fairness. And uh, second half was a different game from our point of view because you expect a reaction, and to a certain extent, that's what we got from United. Uh, had a little bit more possession, uh, uh, with a little bit more dynamic. So uh, we had to be resolute in defence, but we always looked a threat on that. On the break, always had good opportunities. Should have scored more, really. Probably the the one thing we're grateful for was an outstanding save, save from Jack Butland at a key moment. Uh, a two-one, then maybe United might have got a little bit of encouragement from that. As it was, we were able to see see the game out quite comfortably after Jack made that save. So, all in all, a very very good professional performance. I felt. Yeah, he felt his car for half time, so we just took him off. Is Shakira okay? Because you took him off towards the end. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Cameron's a little bit sore on his hamstring, but he should be okay. Okay, two minutes to Mondays. What you know to? Thank you. Okay, questions, please. Do you think that was an improvement in performance on last weekend against Norwich? No, certainly not the first half. Because uh, we started very good uh, against Norwich, I, I thought. So I have analysed it. But now uh, we didn't dare to play our football, what we can. And I have analysed that. As, as consequence of the circumstances, the pressure that you have to cope with as a player group, as an individual player, because uh, of course we, we give also a bad goal away, the first goal was a bad goal of course, but uh, I think the main reason is that we could not cope with the circumstances and that we not play our uh, way of football, what we can. And in the second half, in half time, I, I have uh, said that to my players. And we had nothing to lose and then you can cope uh, better with that. And that you have seen in the second half. But it was uh, not good enough. How did, because of the, the talk about the pressure that the players are under, there was a bit of surprise in this room that Rooney didn't start just because he's so experienced at every situation. Was it a difficult decision to not start with him? It is always a difficult decision uh, to uh, put your captain out of the team. But. Uh, we are always uh, making a, a game plan and then we are uh, comparing players uh, uh, with each other and uh, that we are doing every week How did he... and uh, then uh, we have decided uh, to put him 
Yeah. On the bench. It, isn't uh, getting the players to cope with the pressure your job, the manager's job? Isn't it the manager's job to actually prepare the players to cope with the occasions? Yes, of course. So have you failed your job today? You can say that. When you want to say that, you can say that. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that uh, uh, a manager uh, can um, avoid the pressure in the environment. And uh, of course, I do my utmost best uh, to, to uh, find solutions to cope uh, with the pressure. Uh, but uh, at the end, my players have to do that by themselves. And uh, I help them with them. And then you can say, okay, then you have failed. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that. But I don't think that it is uh, like that. Louis, how did Wayne react to when, when you told him it's obviously a big game and he must have been disappointed at the decision? Uh, like a very good uh, professional. Uh, and I think uh, uh, that also uh, is Wayne that I have al already told a lot of uh, press conferences that he has a big contribution not only on the pitch but also off the pitch Louis, how much longer do you think you've got left in the job when you keep losing these games like this? Yeah, that's the question that's always the question but uh, I've said already also on television there's another situation because we lost the fourth match in a row so there's uh, again another situation but I feel uh, I feel the support of uh, everybody in, in, in the club would you, prefer, would you prefer it if Edward would come out and say that publicly that he does support you in your role now? No, because uh, for me it's much more important uh, that uh, uh, people are saying that to me and I'm not so uh, interested uh, in uh, yeah, pub public uh, sayings because of the saying do you understand what I mean? Louis, do the conditions affect anything? It is not so easy of course but it is also easy for a manager when he uh, loses to say that. Of course, uh, the players of Stoke City are more uh, used to this, uh, these circumstances. But, but I don't think that that was uh, uh, a big influence. It was an influence, but not a big, because we have prepared the game also in this way. Um, we gave a bad call away. That the first call was, uh, of course, a bad call, and that influenced the game much more than than everybody thinks. But uh, yeah, what I said, uh, I, I I I felt at the bench uh, that that my players didn't dare to play football, and that was different in the in the second half, and that you have seen. Do you think Stoke players did dare to play football? Hmm? Do you think Stoke players did dare to play football? Yeah. 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 That they they uh, play the ball, uh, control the ball, 
they keep the ball when they want and they lost the ball also but but uh, that is also when when you dare to play football but yeah in the first half they could keep the ball in the second half they couldn't keep the ball anymore that was a big difference but then we were already 2-0 behind. Louis, Louis, you said the other day that <coughs> you'd have telephone calls from Edward Wood and David Gill and Alex Ferguson. Did they give you private assurances that, that you're going to continue on the job? When, when they have said that, then I, I don't say it to you because it is... Not any of your business, I it think. It's quite important, though, if they've assured you that you're carrying in the job. No, because I can also quit by myself. But that is something that uh, I speak uh, with uh, uh, Ed Woodward uh, by himself. And not with you. Uh, and and uh, I don't have to say that to you. So no, it is... Uh, it is not like that in, in the football world. Is that something you'd be considering? That's also something uh, what uh, I uh, don't have to say. But I, I, I have said already in former press conferences that it is not always uh, like that, that uh, the club has to fu uh, fire or sack me. Sometimes I do it by myself. So, but... Uh, I am the one uh, who wants to speak first with the board of Manchester United and with my uh, members of staff, of, with my players, and not uh, with you. I, I don't think that is the sequence. I'm driving away from Stokes ground now, past signs for Hanley and Stone, the M6, Newcastle under line, and... I've watched United lose another game, fourth game on the bounce. The team have lost seven without a win for the first time since 1989. And United, we stand, started uh, at the very start of that run in 1989. It was a, a nil-nil draw against Chelsea. And after that, United didn't win for seven, if I remember rightly. And I can remember everybody saying that Ferguson should go, that he wasn't the answer. And articles in the very first United We Stand entitled Ferguson Out? Question mark. So he did have some redeeming features. Some people were still supportive of him. And the same questions and points are being made about Louis van Gaal now. I feel slightly different after the defeat to Stoke. Maybe it's because I wasn't surprised by it. Maybe it's because... Uh, I felt more defiance from United fans and hearing United fans singing United at the end made me feel that fans should be defiant and support the team. That's what a football fan should do. And support your team through thick and thin and we've had so much thick that when we get a bit of thin and we've had more than a bit in the last three years that you should support your team. And that's that. Um, you should trust the, the, the manager, trust the players. But can also be accused of blind loyalty and of backing what's clearly a sinking ship. Van Aal maintains he'll get it right, but there's so many things that are wrong at the club. 
and that's reflected by the performances on the pitch. The morale is very low among the players. There have been meetings this week to try and right some of the wrongs and some of the things which were annoying players and uh, some agreement was found there and maybe if we'd seen a stronger performance against Stoke I'd feel more enthusiastic about the way back but there was uh, a much better performance in the second half but the point was that by that time United were already two goals down um, goals after 19 minutes from Bojan and 26 minutes from Arnautovic and both of them were the best players on the pitch I'm just coming back onto the M6 now shows how quickly you can get from Stokes ground to the motorway when you leave us a ground as late as I do after listening to both of the managers and Mark Hughes who's doing very well he's, he's never a name that's linked with Manchester United's manager um, despite broadly doing well He's perhaps not seen as being United class manager And I know the fact that he, he went to City annoyed a lot of people And not just the way he'd gone to City But the fact that he could appear to be quite dismissive of Manchester United Where he was a legend uh, Hughes was playing in 89 When United went seven games without a win And Hughes was a huge hero of mine as a kid I can remember making a banner standing on the Stretford end Saying Sparky come home after he'd gone to Barcelona and he came back to play the testimonial game and obviously he saw it and thought you know what I'm coming home to play for United and he came back after seeing my poster and United of 89 and now is very different now it's probably the richest club in the world then United couldn't afford to buy the players that they wanted to average gates had fallen average gates now are still consistently high there's been a slight softening in demand but Old Trafford's still full and I'm sure it'll be full against Chelsea but where did the team go from here where did the club go from here they, they look so shot of confidence that I can't see them doing anything but losing against Chelsea and the minute there's any defiance shown from the players I think the fans will get even more behind the team because it's such a strange league that while winning the league itself um looks a bit of a stretch and it shouldn't do if you had a half decent team uh, getting into the top four should be achievable by Manchester United and if they don't that's complete failure complete failure so we shall see what goes on I'm going to pass you over to the lads now who are travelling back from Stoke on the coach I'm sure they'll be quite forthright in their opinions don't know whether they're resigned now to, to this losing life but the people who make the decision and we've seen that in the last couple of days it, it will not be the media uh, the talk of two games left was was a hunch of some journalists and maybe they'll be proved right but Ed Woodward and uh, the people at the top of Manchester United and it's a very small power base of three people uh, two Glazer brothers and Ed Woodward they don't want the club to be a sacking club Woodward is very close to Lou Van Hall. And his wife and Van Hall's wife, they go out socially together. Uh, is he too close? Is he too close to sack him? We'll soon see. And we'll be bringing you the next podcast after this one, after the Chelsea game. Uh, it can't possibly go eight without a win, can it? Can it? This is Manchester United we're talking about. It's not the Manchester United that we've known and loved for a long, long time. Very strange times, these. 
we're leaving the stadium now on uh, what was a wet, wet and windy boxing day. It's pretty uh, pretty sunny now, actually. Stoke City to Manchester United, nil. That's Christmas ruined for every one of us. Um, not a great performance, although the second half wasn't as bad as the first. But uh, the winless run carries on. I think that's seven games now, and I think is that four on the spin in terms of defeats. If we count the uh, count the Champions League game, it's uh, it's not looking good. But um, we're gonna have a chat, see if we can find. Uh, some United fans who are you mate alright we're going to try and find some United fans who won't get us banned from the airwaves uh, which could prove quite challenging here so uh, let's have a look a lot of moody people here let me see where I can find here we go there's some lads now he's tipping it down at home it's actually alright here there's Steve Black I'll get him last gents you alright quick word for the podcast awful yeah I think it's the end for him do you think definitely. he's done for now? Yeah, he's got to be done. Definitely. Can't keep playing that style of football and going down. Looked pretty spineless today, didn't it? It's been spineless like this for weeks. We've been getting away with it purely because of the position in the league. We've been caught out finally. All right, mate. Speechless. Absolutely shocking. That's definitely not like you. That's end of. Do you think? Mangal gone. It's time up. He looked pretty broken at the end as he was walking off. And he didn't get too much grief. Yeah, he gave a little wave and I hope it is goodbye. I, I, I saw that and I'm of the opinion that it looked pretty... It did look a gestured wave, didn't it? We've lost the team. Any, did you see any positives that we could have talked? I thought second half, we at least had a go with them. No positives at all. No. <laughs> Full of Christmas cheer, aren't you? Full of Christmas nah, I'm cheer. I'm going to try and find someone who'll cheer us all up here. Yeah, you're not I've got, I've got, I've got 10 minutes to fill on this. Uh, uh, here we go. I'm going to go... Let's go to this one here. All right, mate. How are you? Quick word for the podcast. Christmas, mate. Uh, yeah, good to see you. Awful, mate. Awful. Yeah. Awful. You look at Fellaini, you look at Young, you're just plodding around. Not bringing nothing, are they? Not bringing nothing to the table. Banal, sat in his seat again. If you, if you got up now, mate, you'd get a big cheer, and that's the most ironic thing. That's the worst thing about it. That's all I can say, mate. Don't say anything offensive. I'm in enough trouble as it is. <laughs> yeah, all the best, mate. Tell that. <laughs> Here we go, here, Fred. How are you, mate? Good for you, Joe. Quick word for the pod. You know, we start podcasting. Weren't good, fella. It's nice. I don't, I don't like seeing United fans slag manager off, but something's got to change. Yeah, it's got to change, fella. Yeah, something. I don't like doing it. I don't like doing Anything it. Anything positive to take. Second half, we had to go. If Fellaini's goal, if that had gone in from Fellaini, he should have put his foot through that, shouldn't he? Should have broke the net. It was a great save, but no. he, he made it as easy as he could. Rooney's would be brilliant that 45. I thought so. I'm glad Personally, I thought Rooney was fantastic. I'm glad you've said that. I completely I agree, that, mate. Man. Listen, safe trip back, mate. Same to you. Yeah. yeah, all the best. There you go. Someone being positive about Wayne Rooney on a United We Stand podcast. Whatever next. Right. Here we go here. Neil, podcast thoughts on the game? Lost it in the first half, mate. Lost Woeful. It. That was the worst 45 United have produced this, in my opinion, this season. Second half, a bit better, but not enough. Man, he's got to walk. He's got, he's got to do you think it's time up for him? I think so, yeah. You think it's, look, the look said it all when he walked down at the end there. He looked up, he was a resigned look. Did you see that little wave? Little wave, yeah, it was a wave of goodbye for I, me. I thought that. Yeah. I thought that. Get Mourinho in, mate. Is that, it's too is late. that your solution, is yeah, it? I think so, Did you, uh, what were your thoughts on the second half? Because I thought at least. We had a better fight in us in the second half. Yeah, they showed a bit more, but they couldn't do any worse, could they? Let's face it. I mean, if he couldn't, he couldn't raise that from the first half. Then everybody was just, he wants to give up. But 
Were you encouraged like I was with Wayne Rooney's performance? Yeah, yeah, I thought he did well. Yeah, second half. Yeah, he looked like he was, but he was bothered, which you can't say that with all the all of the players, especially the first half. And half running round, it just couldn't be asked at all, and that, that's unforgivable for me. No out back for him then. I don't think so. But I, well, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what they're thinking, do you? But I, I, well, whether he'll go before the Chelsea game because he's going to get Mourinho in. But before the, I don't think that's, that's a good idea. Mourinho for his first game against Chelsea. I'm, I'm, I think he'll get that game. Um, but I, I, yeah. I do think he looks like he just looks like he's fucking that Chelsea. Thoughts, mate? Yeah. Well, the last time we didn't win in six, I think we won the treble. So. <laughs> I think that's a fact. You know what? I've been dying for somebody to rock up here and say something positive. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So be optimistic and fear for the better rather than the worst yeah. I don't remember that Is, uh, have we lost four on the trot now is that right for you to Wolfsburg yeah. so you reckon we, we went six without a win in the treble season I think season? it was in 99 yeah, yeah. Someone, someone, will, someone will probably tweet us and put that right that that's not true at all but, um, but yeah something anyway. to cling on to though. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I, I, you're the last person I'm bringing on this podcast <laughs> yeah never, never a true word said Let's see if we can find a couple of other lads and see what they've got to say about the game. Bloomy thoughts on the game? <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not good enough, lads. <laughs> Second half was alright. Yeah, we're better. Rooney was our best player, I thought. He actually, actually bothered to get stuck in for once, so. Only player that put a challenge in all match. Rooney? Yeah. 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 Rare we put a few in. And then he took him off. <laughs> no, he's awful. He gave the ball away every time he fucking kicked it. <laughs> awful. Yeah, that uh, well, Six minutes for a swear word, that. Well, if that's a team behind the manager, I'd hate to see one that in. Do you reckon they've, um, you reckon they've down tools for him? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Yeah. He's gone, isn't he? Uh, looked an absolute beating man at the end there. But even at half time, looked a beating man. And Marshall, where he was walking off at half time, Jesus Christ, not seen anything like it, but just they've given up, you see. Yeah. Coach hasn't given up though, has it? <laughs> <laughs> and sure. Say, oh. something, say something cheery and festive. <laughs> well, at least the manager, I think, will be gone now. I'm, it's not nice when, you know, looking on the positive of losing a game, but. Can't can't cope with it anymore, me. Not enjoyed United all season. Even even Liverpool at home when we we beat them, everyone was miserable on the podcast, weren't they? So everyone's been miserable all year, yeah. Jay. At least Rooney put it in today, second half, but I can't believe when you're 2-0 down, not one of them is off the bench shouting instructions. It's got to, it seems to be a common thing, that, that the, the lack of touchline activity. You know, like Ferguson had been there screaming and ranting, wouldn't he? Do you reckon he's gone? Yeah, I mean, I, I like him as a bloke, but he's just his tactics are so poor. I mean, he waited until what the 70th minute to make his second sub, but he was even longer than that, I think. He just yeah, he, you take Fellaini off, you push Herrera further up, and you put Schneidlin into the midfield. He'll have a bit of bite about him. And then he took Herrera off and kept Fellaini on, who's the biggest bag of shit. The fucking put your foot through that when it's in the centre spot there. Put your fucking laces on it. What's Schneidlin done though? Seriously, what's oh, he done? Since he stopped playing, that's when we started going on this run. Since he stopped playing, it's just unbelievable. And Carrick didn't. I don't know what's up with Carrick. He's he's yeah. He was a captain today, didn't he? I think Carrick. Carrick looks, and it's probably no fault of his own, but he just looks finished for me. He's shot. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we can't really. We've got Chelsea in just over a day. What what we're going to do really now? We're going to have to stick with it, aren't we? So and then surely he's gone after that. Because I can't see he's winning that game. Yeah. 
he's absolutely drained. He don't want any. He's... I've never seen somebody so unhappy to be playing games of football as Anthony Martial at the minute. Yeah, exactly that, exactly. We've managed to wipe that massive big grin that he had on his face right off it. <coughs> he just looks absolutely shocked from a confidence point of view. We're not, we're not even solid defensively anymore. We just we look so lapsed at the back. If the players are shot confidence, you'd be heading the ball back from 18 yards out to your keeper, down at your knees and stuff like that. Just put the fucking ball in touch. Can I... That had a bad pay though. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're going to tell your grandkids that you were there. He should have been hauled off straight after that, honestly. Unbelievable. Embarrassing. He had horror, didn't he? It's been that bad of a day, that's not even the main talking point, is it? No. Yeah, yeah, we asked 60 seats on a 49 seater bus, yeah. Um, any positives other than Rooney in the second half? There was a couple of we, we at least tested the goalie. You made three pretty decent saves. Didn't he? I'd have him. I'd have him when you know when he goes over to Real Madrid. I'd have him. He did all right. Yeah, in the summer. But do you know what? That was huge for Rooney. Rooney showed he had fight again, and it was good to see. It's been a long time coming. That. But the referee was the referee was awful. I'm sorry to say that, but the old way Rooney won it. Dirty tackles, whinging at the referee, putting it about a bit, and he did look as if you know, it looked like he didn't have the Christmas dinner. I had <laughs> but Joe really winds me up is Hughes was a nasty bastard when he was a player and then every time someone does a bad challenge Hughes is yeah, crying yeah, to the fourth official going mental yeah. I hate Mark Hughes hate him <laughs> Mark Hughes Mark Hughes probably should have the big, the most legendary status at Old Trafford out of any one of our old, you know should be, should, oh, I can't have he should be up he should be in bronze somewhere outside that ground but because he scored more big goals more important goals and I think anyone I can remember but yeah losing to him because he'll be full of that now won't he no, yeah. he'll be full of himself in that post-match interview um, the uh, <laughs> thoughts on the Chelsea game then I just can't see it going any better to be honest Steve um, well, I was st- we're going to have to stick with him for that I can't can't see anything happening until after that really now so unfortunately now can't see he's getting a result they've They've done well after that Sunderland game. They'll be on the high, so I, I just can't see it getting any better now. No, it, for, for me, if, if it was the final straw was today for the board, then he's got to go today. You, you know, you've got to start assessing your options now and go forward. This board's clueless. Well, the players aren't playing for him. You, you, there's little point in giving him this Chelsea game, but what are you doing under five hours? The key is again, we've got to score in the first 20 minutes. If this team doesn't score in the first 20 minutes, they do not win. It's as simple as that. Just panic stations. What, what United? Definitely don't do now is come from behind. No, no. It's, if we go behind, there's, there's only one outcome. I'm afraid that's that's it at the minute. So. Yeah. That, um, that was some goal on their second one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Who, who scored it? Announcement. Right. Yeah. If you had some units, that's Shakiri. Jesus Christ, he's got an arse like Shakiri. Reminds me, reminds me of Sam Bowers. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you where. Sponsored by Sudagram. Who's that little number twenty-two? The f- he's fat as fuck him. He's massive. <laughs> as in wide. <laughs> yeah. put off he's wider than he is, so yeah. Yeah. Got a coffee table that's shaped like him. <laughs> anyway, right. Um I think we're gonna wrap this up. Should we go and get should we go and have a should we go and, yeah, no, yeah. Get some beers in town. Go, go and have a drink, have a drink in town and uh, what else have we got to all? So we've got Chelsea on Monday night, so we'll have a chat after that game. You selling the mag? Yeah, you selling? No, good. 
So anyway, there you go. Uh, looks like most people are thinking that United aren't going to get any better under Van Gaal and it's probably time for him to go, but sounds like everybody's pretty unanimous that they look like the old Wayne Rooney on the pitch in the second half, which uh, was good. Let's hope he can carry that on because uh, Man United are a better side when Wayne Rooney's in that kind of frame of mind than they are when he's not, so that was quite welcome. So, um, Cheers for listening and we'll be uh, back on the podcast after Chelsea on uh, Monday night.